Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. Today, we're discussing how you should think twice before investing. So we want you to think twice before investing, Joel. You know, just on Monday, we were talking with Wes Moss, and he talked about when it comes to being happy, there are a lot of things that he found in his research that you can do or maybe not do in order to achieve happiness. It's kind of like an a la carte line, and you can kind of pick whatever you want to kind of throw in the stew. Yeah, you, 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 we, we talked about how happiness is sort of like the stew. There's not this perfect recipe that you have to follow. It's not like baking, where you have to have very specific ingredients, the right quantity of ingredients, and you have to do them in the right order. Uh, when it comes to investing, investing is a lot more like baking. It's, it's a little bit less like uh, throwing a bunch of ingredients together in a big pot and just kind of, you know, seasoning it to taste and being happy with what you have at the end of the day. Because if you don't follow the right rules when it comes to baking, you could, uh, that's the difference between a nice, sweet, fluffy cake uh, and some salty Play-Doh. Uh, and we want to make sure that you end up with a nice cake, uh, not something for your kids to play with. Yeah. And I know uh, the people who've been listening for a while might see that headline and they're like, what in the world, dudes? You talk about investing and only in the sunniest, rosiest terms. Why in the world are you coming out with a podcast that's like, think twice before doing this? And I promise we're not trying to be clickbaity, but really, there are a bunch of things you need to think through before you actually mm-hmm. start investing. And so that's really what this episode is about. It's saying, yes, we love it. We still think it's great. But there's some due diligence that needs to happen yeah. on the front end before you jump in headfirst. Yeah. And even a few weeks ago, we talked about the importance of investing over consumption, right? How ownership is, is key. And so now that we've convinced you, now that you want to invest, we want to to just taper things a little bit and say, hey, there are a number of things we want you to think about first. That's what we're talking about today. No doubt. Before we get to that, Matt, I just really quickly wanted to mention uh, someone uh, in our Facebook group recently was in a car accident. She seemed fine, which is okay. good. Fortunately, that she was. Good. She was. Uh, seemed like she wasn't hurt, uh, from what I could tell. And so, Jessica, we wish you the best. But she had asked, "What what what are people's best advice when you, you're in a car accident to make sure that you're not taking advantage of financially?" And one of the things that it instantly made me think of that I don't know if we've ever talked about on the show, but I feel like for anybody who ever gets in a car accident, one of the things you need to remember in your potential battle with an insurance company is diminished value. 
Most people, that's right, Matt, don't even know what that means. But basically, if your twenty thousand dollar vehicle, hopefully it's more like a ten thousand dollar vehicle, but let's say your twenty thousand dollar vehicle gets hit, yeah, and it causes eight thousand dollars worth of damage that has to be repaired, the insurance company is going to pay to have that car fixed. But the problem is, or they might total it because <laughs> yeah, if it's too much damage, they might total total it. But the thing is, after that damage is repaired, your car isn't worth $20,000 anymore, even though the work has been done to repair it. The, there's this thing called diminished value where on that Carfax report, that accident is going to live forever. And if you try to resell it, it's not selling a pristine car that's never been in an accident. It's selling a car that has had some damage done in the past. And that affects resale value. And so that is one of the things you should pay attention to. That's the, one of the things you should make sure you're asking your insurance company for payment for the diminished value of your vehicle. And there's actually an easy formula that you can run your car through to kind of come up with a, a realistic amount that you should be asking for. We'll, we'll link to an article, uh, I think it was on bankrate.com, that goes through the details of that formula and how you can figure out diminished value in your specific case. But that's just one of those things nobody talks about. Uh, being made whole in an accident also involves receiving compensation for the fact that your car is now worth less. Totally. Uh, and it's worth noting, too, that this is specifically the case when you are in an accident and it is the other person's fault. You can try to file a diminished value claim with your own insurer if it's your fault, uh, but they're likely going to say, nope, sorry, <laughs> it was your fault. Uh, but if you were in an accident, it was somebody else's fault. That is a claim that you would file with that insurance company. Sometimes it'll involve you getting a professional appraisal of your vehicle. But I mean, if you do have a $20,000 vehicle or even more, thirty dollars or $40,000 on the line here, you know, getting spending three to 400 bucks on, a, on an appraisal would 100% be worth the money if that means you're going to be made whole and to recoup some of that lost value because of the fact that you were in an accident. Exactly. And part of it is just proving your case. Sometimes you will need an appraisal if you're working with a particularly stubborn <laughs> insurance company. Yeah, it varies by state. Yeah, but hopefully that that uh, actual formula for figuring out what the diminished value is in your specific case. Hopefully you can provide that and, and not have to even hire someone and, and pay out of pocket. That would be to, ideal. Yeah, that would be ideal. So yeah, make sure in the case of a car accident, you don't forget about diminished value. But Matt, let's mention the beer that we're having on this episode. This one is called Emergency Drinking Beer. It's by Wild Heaven Brewing, which is just around the corner from us in, in Atlanta. Can you believe that we have never had a Wild Heaven beer on our show? Is this the first? Really? <laughs> it is. Oh, wow. I checked actually before uh, before we, we hit record and because I thought certainly back in the day we had early more, on yeah yeah I mean when Wild Heaven first came on the scene we actually enjoyed their beers a decent bit Eschaton I remember that one in particular being that uh, a delicious quad that we enjoyed one night playing some board games uh, but it has been a while since I've enjoyed their beers and I'm excited to for us to actually have one here on the show Wild Heaven emergency drinking beer we'll share our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode sounds good all right let's move on to the subject at hand we're talking about thinking twice before investing and Matt as we were preparing this one it made me think about road trips for some reason and when you're heading to the beach you don't just hop in the car and start driving south to get there <laughs> if you're in Atlanta, right? Unless you are uh, the star of a sitcom. Right. <laughs> you're like, we're going to the beach. Let's you're, do it. You're Kevin James in King of Queens or something like that, right? Yeah. And you, because like, let's Or say, if you're in college. I feel like that's the thing. That, that is something maybe you do in college where you're just like, hey, guess what? I'm turning uh, 21 tomorrow. I want to wake up and see the sunrise at Charleston or at Folly Beach in Charleston. A friend of mine actually did that and I opted not to go with him <laughs> because I had classes early in the morning. I thought, I don't think I want to do that. I'm sorry. Irresponsible, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, if you literally just start driving south, you, you might hit a dead end. You might hit a road closure. You could get lost completely. That's true. If you're just kind of going with a general navigational principle. And not only do you need a more specific set of directions, fortunately, you don't have to print out those MapQuest directions like you did back in the college days. You remember those? I'm getting real nostalgic over here. That was, that was terrible. That was the worst. But yeah, you, you also actually need to have done some prep work in advance. Like, did you ask your boss for time off before this trip? Because if you didn't <laughs> and you just don't show up on Monday, that's not going to be good for you. That's right. And did you pack all your beach gear? Matt, you always come prepared with a shovel when you go to the beach. Oh, I'm a digger. <laughs> <laughs> I love digging in the sand. And so, you know, you show up to the beach and with a frown on your face if you didn't pack ahead. If, and, if and I didn't ahead. have my, my shovel, I would be sad. It's yeah. True. <laughs> well, the same is true when it comes to investing. You know, we talk a lot on how to money about how you've got to get started investing if you want to reach your bigger financial goals. We firm 
firmly believe this. It is a really, really important part of your personal finances and building your wealth. But you also don't want to pull the trigger before you've considered a bunch of important things. And that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. And, you know, there's a good chance that you are pretty much constantly hearing the quote unquote responsible voices all around you saying that you need to be investing. And if you are investing... When you, you say responsible voices, it makes me think of Toby in the office, by the way. It's like, yeah, <laughs> he's, I don't know. Is that a good analogy? <laughs> he's, he's not responsible. I mean, just because he's HR doesn't mean he's responsible. He's just... Uh, honestly, though, I feel like Jim was always just the most responsible, well-rounded person, yeah. which is why we liked him so much. Right? <laughs> but the fact is, that is what you hear. And even if you are investing, you're likely going to hear folks around you saying that you should be investing more, right? Like, it's great that you're headed in the right direction, but let's ramp it up. And in fact, those are both sentiments that we regularly share here on the podcast, uh, invest early, invest often. But if you just take some money and you just throw it into the market without a plan, without having specific goals and without knowing where you currently are in your own personal finance journey, then the advice to just get investing may not be all that helpful. And it could, in fact, uh, harm your personal finance journey down the road. Oh, if you get started too early, you're right, Matt. Yeah. Some people, you've actually talked about how you were encouraged to start a Roth IRA really early on. And over time, that has been really good advice for you. But the minute that you opened up your Roth IRA was, was not ready for not it. Not the best time for you. That's exact, exactly right. And th- the truth is that some people should avoid investing altogether, at least for now. That's because there are a number of other money gears that you'll need to get through first. And we've, yeah, we have our, our seven money gears that we talked about. And I believe we did a whole episode in January this year. If you go to howtomoney.com and you click the start here button, you'll see our seven money gears laid out. And it's essentially a financial order operations of when you should do certain things. And if you do things out of order, <laughs> just like yeah, baking that baking that cake, you're you're going to get a different end result. And so, for example, it's important to eliminate any high interest debts that are weighing you down before you start investing in a tax sheltered account like a Roth IRA. We love Roth IRAs, but if you're funding your Roth IRA before you pay down your credit card debt, that's not a smart move. Uh, The one exception we would say is investing enough to get the match that your employer offers. If you have access to one, that's one of those things that you do actually want to take advantage of before you pay off that credit card debt. But other than that, while we're big fans of you becoming an investor, we don't want you to put the cart before the horse. We want you to pay off those unsecured debts or any personal loans that have high interest rates too before you dip your toes in the investing waters. You'll get there at some point, but now might not be the time. Yeah, and, and hearkening back to your road trip uh, illustration, Joel, like before you even hit the road, there are some things that you need to do to make sure that you are road ready, right? You've got to make sure you've got gas in the tank. It's smart to make sure you've had an oil change recently. Yeah, you want to ensure that your tires are inflated properly. You got to have that playlist ready too. Oh, that is true. You want to have the have the tunes ready to go. These are all important steps before you leave on a long road trip. Uh, and so similarly, you first want to make sure that you first have a solid financial foundation before you invest. And so, like you said, Joel, paying off that high interest debt, that is important. Uh, and this also means having enough money in the bank to ensure that you're able to withstand any unforeseen setbacks. That is the emergency fund. Uh, and so if you don't have a uh, fully funded emergency fund in your bank, you are not ready to start investing, in our opinion. Uh, the cool thing, though, is that you know once that credit card debt is paid off, once you've reached that level of savings, then you've got a green light to begin investing. Well, Matt, I would say you're almost right on that. You do have the green lights. After a few more considerations, that's what this episode's about. Come on, man. Uh, But yeah, another really key factor, uh, another thing that you have to have before you start your investing journey is knowledge. And that's something we want to help you receive here on How to Money. Uh, We want to make sure that you understand the fundamentals of how any investment you're considering actually works. And yeah, do you know the how the specific accounts function and what they're designed for? You know, lots of folks are going straight to investing in a brokerage account when they'd be better served to start with a Roth IRA instead. That's our biggest gripe with Robinhood. Exactly. Yeah, the fact that Robinhood allows investors to start investing pretty easily is a nice feature. But when you can't invest in those tax advantaged accounts and you're just going straight to a brokerage account, a lot of people don't understand the difference and they don't realize that there's going to be a big difference when it comes tax time for all the trades they've been making. And yeah, when it comes to the specific fund or individual stock or commodity or other opportunities (laughs) that you might come across, you definitely shouldn't be making the investment because you saw it in a headline or 
because you saw someone say this stock is now a buy and you're like oh oh really oh okay i guess i should buy it or or maybe you saw it promoted on reddit right that's definitely a high place for people to get uh investing tips these days did someone on cnbc say oh this stock's a loser and you need to get rid of it right away and then you decide to short it because why not give that a shot too all of those things like using your hard-earned money to make decisions when you don't fundamentally understand what you're doing that's something that we want to encourage you to actively avoid and it does take uh, research it takes acquiring knowledge so that you can know what you're getting into before you put your money there another thing to never invest in anything you don't understand if the uh, investment is super complex, we would recommend you to avoid it if you do not understand how it works. So a rule of thumb is that if you can't explain how it works to like an eight-year-old, it's probably going to be a bad idea. So for instance, when it comes to real estate investing, there are uh, all sorts of ways to make money investing in physical homes. Some folks are making big bucks buying trailer parks or storage facilities. And, and, and you know, I guess in this case, we understand how that works, but it's just not necessarily our specialty. Uh, Joel, you and I, we both right now are sticking to single family homes near where we live here in Atlanta. And, you know, could we do more? We could go bigger? Certainly. And while, you know, we, we are curious and we like learning about some of the different opportunities around us, some of the different ways that other investors make their money, we're kind of experts, <laughs> you know, on this one particular form of real estate investing. We, uh, when we're looking for deals, we have a deep understanding of specific neighborhoods and we know that when something comes on the market, we know when there's a deal. And we've used that specific expertise to grow our wealth over the long haul by sticking to this method uh, that we've been able to hone over the years. I'm just not as knowledgeable and, and comfortable with other methods. And so for now, we kind of stick to what we know, like the back of our hand. Yeah. And it's completely a, a, a way of investing that I feel like I can easily explain to my eight-year-old. She understands that people need a place to live and that they have yeah. to pay money to do that. And they, and they go to work to get that money to pay uh, someone for providing them housing. And yet there are other ways of making money in real estate that I can barely understand. And so then explaining it to my eight-year-old becomes impossible. And, and so she's like, huh, dad, I don't get it. Like, well, it sounds like you don't get it either. And that is a surefire sign that I should stay away from investing in that way. But we've got more to get to uh, when it comes to what you need to think about before you actually get into investing. A lot of it has to do with what's going on in your own life and your own specific goals. We'll get to that and more right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. 
Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we're back. We're talking about why you should be thinking twice before you start investing. And uh, so let's dive in, right? You've done the necessary prep work ahead of time. You've got all your ingredients laid out, mise en place. When it comes to uh, cooking and baking, you're ready to bake that cake. You're ready to begin investing. I didn't know you were bilingual, Matt. Yeah, that's my two French words that I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the biggest aspects of investing that you need to think twice about, though, is your time frame. Uh, and you can't think about your time frame really without considering your specific goals. Your your time horizon is going to be everything when it comes to investing. You get that one thing wrong, and what might have been a great decision maybe turns out to be a terrible one for you. So, for example, if you were invested in the S and P back around the dot com bubble, uh, back uh, around two thousand, right, or even during the Great Recession back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, or even uh, more recently during the pandemic last spring, if you were following the the fluctuations too closely, the outlook was looking pretty grim. But when you zoom out a bit, it is easy to see that the returns are now looking great. This is an instance where your time frame is going to have a massive impact on what you perceive to be good news or bad news. You know, they say timing is everything. And I tend to agree. It makes me think about when I first started dating Emily, Matt. Uh, I thought she was really pretty. I wanted to ask her out. Turns out she was dating somebody else. And it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't really a good time to ask her out. And then I did ask her out once they broke up. And we went on three dates. Things weren't clicking. It just wasn't the right time. But later on, like we, as we develop more of a friendship, we started dating again. That was the right time. And so, there you go. Yeah. Third time's a charm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, like, yeah, you never know when, you know, when it comes to the, the, the timing of your investment decisions that, and, and how long you plan to be invested for, you have to know your own time horizon. That is yeah. a huge part of thinking twice before investing is saying, well, how long am I going to be doing this for? And yeah, if you don't have the right timing, you could be in for some heartache. It's important to understand that there will be periods of time where you're going to lose money even in the market. You know, given fluctuations, like there's going to be weeks, months, or even years where an investment you've made, it doesn't look very good and you're disappointed and you're like, well, Matt and Joel said investing was supposed to be a good thing. They always talk it up. Well, that's really what we, why we want How to Money listeners to develop a long-term mentality. Mm -hmm. The gyrations that happen consistently, they're going to happen. The volatility you're going to see, they're, they're just not worth your time and attention if you are a long-term investor. And I guess then the question pops up, does it ever make sense to be a short-term investor? We'd say not really, not in our opinion. If by short-term you mean five years, then that's probably okay uh, on a timeline that's that long. But if you're talking like six months, one year, two years, it's probably not a good idea to be much of an investor. Uh, if we're talking about a whole lot less than five years, you run the risk of needing to pull money out during a bear market correction. And that's why that time frame is so crucial, is so important. If you don't get that part of it right, if you haven't thought twice about how long you can leave that money be, uh, leave that money to grow, then you might need to grab it at the exact wrong moment, locking in losses. That's right. And that's actually the exact opposite of what I'm looking for when I invest my money. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to lose money. <laughs> I mean, essentially, you know, the longer your timeline, like the more risk you can actually handle. 
And in fact, the longer your timeline, the more that the real risk actually becomes not investing. Uh, we'll actually get to that here a little bit later on in this episode. But you've got to ask yourself the question, am I okay losing some money? Uh, because loss aversion it is a real thing. It's something that none of us really want to experience, but it comes down to your ability to stomach it. And many folks have a hard time investing because of this potential to see that balance decrease because it takes an emotional toll. Even though short-term losses are completely insignificant to our long-term investment plan, uh, or if it does play a role, it's just a signal that maybe you should buy a little bit more while everything's on sale. Uh, but this is exactly why people don't put lump sums into the market, even though everything points to the fact that time in the market is more important than actually timing your entrance into the market. And then over the long term, we can take comfort in knowing that the market, it goes up 99.8% of the time over any 15-year period. Long-term investing wins. Uh, and actually, the, the only reason that it's not 100%, the reason it's 99.8% instead of 100% of the time over 15-year periods is because of the Great Depression. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the 15-year period between that and World War II, it's you basically have the two most significant events that had a negative impact on our modern economy. Yeah. And fingers crossed, we're not likely to see something like that again. Yeah. So, so when we're talking about taking the long-term view, we're talking about investing in those tax-advantaged accounts that are specifically designed for your money to be there for decades. So like your 401k or your IRA are the, the accounts that you should be f looking to first put your investment dollars inside of. And that means no touchies for a long, long time. <laughs> and so, yeah, if you're just starting out in your career, it it's probably going to seem a little bit weird to start saving for those goals that are so far away that you're not even sure if you'll actually get there. You're kind of like, ah, I plan on living hard and dying young. So I, I don't know, man, Joel, the, <laughs> the advice to invest for my 60s and 70s just doesn't fit me. But the thing is, that's what you think now at 22. But you will actually get to that future point. It, 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 in the earlier you start, even if it's just with small amounts, it's going to add up and it's going to make a huge difference for future you. And so, yeah, stats actually show that we become better investors. We can think more about the actual long term. If we can visualize our future selves, and this might sound a bit cheesy, Matt, back in the day, I think you and I posted uh, a face app photo of us being like, what, 35 years older? You definitely look much better as an old man than I do. Oh, more like 55 years older, man. <laughs> <laughs> Was like, that in our 80s? We were like set up like 85-year-olds. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, uh, yeah, it turns out that even just doing something like that, there was a study done a bunch of years back, and it's actually going to give you more sympathy for future you, for geriatric you, and it'll actually uh, help you start the process that you know you need to. So if you've found yourself not saving for retirement because you're like, you can't comprehend, <laughs> you can't bridge the gap between being in your 20s or 30s and then being in your 70s, like that's hard to come to grips with. Something as simple as taking a picture, putting in the face app, seeing what an older version of yourself could look like can actually uh, help incentivize you to start doing the hard work and saving for the long term now. Yeah, and you know, we just gave that stat on the stock market performance over uh, a 15-year timeline. Well, here's the thing. Once your time frame starts to become shorter than 15 years, you actually do start to realize a, uh, a higher risk of loss uh, in what you're actually invested in should likely start to change. And so it has an impact on what you invest in. Uh, if you're looking at investing for the next 15 years or longer, we are huge fans of simply going with the total stock market or the S&P 500 uh, indexes out there in order to maximize those higher gains with 100% stocks. But uh, if you are looking at investing for a goal, say in the next five to 10 years, like uh, kids college, for instance, then looking to something like a target date fund could make more sense for you. So, of course, the, the great thing about target date funds is that they rebalance over the years and they automatically become more conservative by allocating more of the portfolio away from stocks and towards bonds. This decreases the volatility and it lowers the risk that you're going to be pulling some money out of the market uh, during a slump where you'd lock in those losses. So this is just a good thing to keep in mind that your goals and your time frame do have an impact on how and what it is that you are actually invested in. No doubt. So that was a lot about personal goals and time frame and how you think about volatility inside of that. And there are a lot of personal decisions <laughs> that you have to make about that. And yeah, if you're 
listening to How to Money and you're in your 50s or 60s, you're going to make different allocation decisions than someone who is in their 20s or 30s in all likelihood, right? That's right. And so the next thing to do still on a personal level is, you know, now that you're hopefully identifying as a long-term investor, uh, you're saying, you know what, I'm going to invest my money for a minimum of five years. You're going to want to have an actionable plan. And then it's also crucial to write that plan down. So yeah, anything we would say that you write down instantly creates a stickier effect. Studies actually show that when you write something you hear down, you're far more likely to remember it. So let's say you are in class in college and your professor is lecturing, typing versus handwriting. The handwriting is actually going to make it stickier in your brain. You're going to do better on the test, even if you never review those notes again, uh, handwriting versus typing. Really just that simple act changes the way your brain processes the information that you're receiving. So yeah, we would say there's something about writing down by hand, this small, short, doesn't have to be very long uh, statement, this investment plan, it's going to help reinforce it. It's going to make it easier to recall, even if it's not in front of you. That's true. But if you happen to be somebody who lives uh, in an apartment or a house where there's no paper, <laughs> I would still say that- even, Write it on the walls, man. I mean, well, typing it out, like that's better than nothing, right? True. Because I mean, I will say like people who I meet, sometimes I will run over to notes on my phone real quick and write down their name, what they do, you know specifically who their kid is <laughs> because like meeting parents at school oftentimes that's the case and the ability to refer back to that is invaluable and so that's remembering facts uh, in a college course or remembering parents or kids names but the same thing is true with making sure that you write down your plan of attack when it comes to investing you know just the mere act of just taking pen to paper or writing out your plan in a, in a notes app is going to reinforce your newfound plan uh, and and then having it on hand for future reference is incredibly helpful as well I don't know how many times I've gone to my document where I write these parents' names down and I search a word that I think is associated with their name and I can find it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I remember their name and I can pick up the conversation where we left off. And so this can be as simple as a plan to invest $500 into the market every single month without fail in order for you to max out your, your Roth IRA every single year. And when it comes to what to invest in, if you've got a time frame of at least 15 years, like many of us do when it comes to our retirement goals, then simply put that money in a total stock market or the S&P 500 index fund. It can literally be as simple as that, but making sure that you write it out uh, and that you can refer to it will help you to stay the course. Yeah, Matt. And, and there's a really, really good reason that we recommend investing in a total stock market or an S&P 500 index fund for a whole lot of people. And it's because it's simple. It's a really simple approach. And I think a whole lot of uh, one of the major reasons that people don't even get started investing ever is because the financial services industry has made it sound like it's really difficult. And we're trying to say, no, no, actually it's not. And don't let perfect be the enemy of great. And you know, low cost index funds are a great way to get started in investing. But on that note, <laughs> there are other considerations that you need to be aware of before you take the leap into investing. And one of them is fees. We'll talk about that and how not every index fund is created equal. We'll get to that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. 
Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back from the break, and we're still talking about how you need to think twice before investing. And Joel, you teased to some of the other considerations, specifically fees. Let's talk about them, man. We, uh, you know, we discuss a whole lot uh, about low-cost index funds, target date funds. If you purchase a, a total stock market index fund via Vanguard, uh, Fidelity, even M1 or, or with Schwab, you're going to pay next to nothing to do so. And interestingly enough. Some brokers charge an arm and a leg for what are essentially identical funds. There are still, somehow, lots of investment firms who are charging in the 0.5% range for you to invest your money in the uh, total stock market or the S&P 500 Ugh. index funds uh, with their firms. Ouchies. Yeah. And so that's 10 times what you should actually be paying with our favorites, who are either, either charging literally zero or uh, 0.04%. I think the difference uh, between 0.5 and 0.04, it sounds it, like, the, like in, in your head, Especially when you hear it audibly, you're like, what's what's the big difference? No, dude. <laughs> this is a, a massive difference. Massive it's difference. 10x. These are huge savings. And that same gap exists in our other favorite funds, target date funds. Uh, the low-cost brokerage firms make it really cheap to invest in those, but a lot of others are still charging uh, pretty high fees. Uh, we've talked in-depth about the impact of fees on your investment returns, but uh, if you're paying around 1% in additional fees every single year, that could cost you 25% of your portfolio's value over 40 years. And so just simply put, right, instead of having a million dollars by the time you hit retirement, you might actually only have $750,000. And so you want to make sure that you are paying close attention to those fees. Yeah, it's important. The, the, there's just a really high impact of a small amount of fee increase. And it seems like that, well, what's the difference between 0.1 and 0.3? And it's like, actually, it really, really adds up significantly. And it's your money that it's eroding if you're paying high fees. And so before you invest, when we're talking about thinking twice before investing, looking, taking a hard look at the fees uh, at, that your brokerage is charging you to invest inside of those funds is really important because oftentimes you, you might just be in the wrong place. <laughs> you might be at the wrong firm who is offering you access to one of the kinds of funds that we talk about, but they charge much more ridiculous fees, meaning you should you know, 
walk out of there and go somewhere else, preferably to one of the low-cost providers that Matt mentioned that isn't going to fee you to death, that's going to allow your money to work more for you, less for someone else. And another consideration we would say you need to uh, make before you take the leap into investing, you have to ask the question, how liquid is my money? And some investment accounts give you access to your money in an instant. You can put some money in today, you can pull it out tomorrow, even if you want. That's what we were talking about earlier with brokerage accounts, right? They give you that ability, but there are tax implications of doing that. That is actually one of the cool things about the Roth IRA, which we love. It's one of our favorite investing vehicles. If you need to take some of that money out down the road, you actually have access to the money you've contributed without paying any tax or penalty on it. And so the Roth kind of gives you that balanced approach where it's like, oh, wow, yeah, if, if I do get in a pinch, I can take at least the contribution portion out of that if, God forbid, something awful happened and I and I really needed it. Sure, sure. But, but for the most part, retirement accounts are inaccessible and they're inaccessible for a reason, right? There's penalties to make sure that you don't touch the money that you're putting aside uh, until decades from now. That's kind of the point of these accounts. And so there is a, a stick essentially to prevent you from doing so. But it's important to know whether you're going to have access to the money you've invested or whether it's essentially locked away for years and years to come and what sort of penalty you'll incur if you absolutely have to have it. Knowing the rules around that and how liquid your funds actually are is important, especially when you're considering which investment vehicle you're going to put that money inside of. That's right. Uh, let's talk to you about inflation because it's also important to know uh, what will happen to your money if you choose not to become an investor. And th that is that you're going to see the value of your money erode and that erosion gets worse and worse as the as the years chug along. Uh, not investing for a year, maybe two years, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not going to be the end of the world for you. But if you choose to wait another decade before you start investing, uh, you will have lost some really important years and, and it compounds. And if you've been holding on to that money just in savings accounts or other safe places, uh, quote unquote, safe places, right? It's not really safe there. Uh, you're actually taking on more risk than you should. Inflation is often referred to this invisible force. Uh, and it's just this way that we're essentially taxed without realizing it. This is something that a lot of economists uh, point to. Like Milton Friedman says that this is the one form of taxation that's imposed on us without legislation. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Sowell says something really similar. But we need to be aware of the fact that inflation does erode our money, even if it's not being extracted from our accounts uh, by a fee or a, an actual hard tax that we're paying. Yeah, and of course, inflation top of mind these days. And so yes. hopefully that helps drive the point home that not investing means your money is going to get eaten alive by inflation over time. And let's give some stats to back that up. For instance, if you stuck a dollar under your mattress in 1973, when I was negative 11 years old, <laughs> it would be worth basically 15 cents in today's economy. The That's because inflation continues to tick along. It is what Matt said. It's this silent mover that you... Uh, you almost don't see until the headlines start to re recognize it. And you're like, wait a second, it is having an impact. But in most years, you barely realize it doesn't register on your radar that things are getting more expensive, but they are. And so, yeah, being a good saver, it's obviously important. We extol the virtues of saving money a lot. Like we think it's important. But if you keep all of the money that you're saving in cash, it's going to be worth less and less over time. Cash, it's not trash. I think that's another terrible misnomer when it comes to, to cash. We, we think having money in savings, money in an emergency fund, that liquid cash to back you up in case something happens, that's really important. But it's also not where you want the majority of your net worth either. And if the majority of your net worth is in cash, well, then you're going to see your net worth slowly start to decline. And yeah, the only way to combat that really is through investing. Yeah, I think another way to think about inflation, it's, uh, you know, with distilling, like when you're, uh, like whiskey goes in barrels. It's like an angel share. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when it sits there in the uh, in the barrels, uh, a little bit of it evaporates over time. And the distillers, they call that the angel share. And that, that's why those like 20 something year old scotches are so much more expensive is that's because one of the reasons yeah. more, there's been more evaporation, right? And literally you are paying for the fact that, well, maybe 10 years ago, you would have gotten a lot more for your money, <laughs> but now there's a lot less. And so it's just another way to think about inflation as this poor portion of your money that you're just seeing, you know, evaporate up to the heavens, <laughs> to the angels. But up until now, you know, we've been primarily talking about investing in the stock market. 
But it's also important to point out that there are other ways to invest that might align with your strengths and your skills uh, that could lead to better outcomes. And I'm thinking specifically about starting uh, a small business because it can often take a lot of money to get an operation off the ground, especially if it involves a physical space, right? Like a brick and mortar space. And that is money that might work harder for you in your business rather than invested in the stock market. And so, you know, Joel, you mentioned our money gears earlier and they're pretty formulaic, uh, but for the vast majority of folks, we feel that they are are going to work really well for you. Uh, they're going to get you on that path to financial independence. But we wanted to mention starting your own business because we feel that there is room for nuanced conversation and there's room for opportunities like this uh, when it comes to thinking twice before investing. You don't have to always say, okay, you must invest as much money as you can in the stock market before you pursue this opportunity. Yep, yep. But there are ways for you to say, you know what, this is something that is unique to me. That is something that you need to say to yourself, that you need to ask yourself, uh, because everyone out there knows their own personal specific situation better than we do. And sometimes it is worth taking the the non-fundamental look and approach towards investing your money as well. Yeah, if you've got an extra 10 grand and you're like, oh, Matt and Joel said I should invest it in the S&P 500, but I really wanted to start my own business. Well, don't necessarily just go the stock market direction because yes, that yep. ten grand invested in your own online business or local business, whatever it may be, could pay much bigger dividends for you down the road, and it can provide a source of like continual income of livelihood. And if it's something you're passionate about, <laughs> too, you have to factor that in. So yeah, you def definitely don't want to be a robot. You want to consider your own personal goals, and if yes, getting your own business off the ground is part of that, or Investing in yourself to increase your skills, that's another thing that doesn't get talked about enough. We would say that, yeah, you can earn more over the years if you were to invest more in education or skills building. And so that's something you have to consider too. It's not just about putting more money in your Roth. If you need to half uh, cut your Roth contributions in half for this year so that you can go back and get a, a couple of additional skills so that you can make more money, that's a good investment too. Got to get recertified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's if it's some sort of certification that you need, sure. Luckily, uh, no certification needed for podcast <laughs> That's either lucky or unlucky, depending <laughs> on how you view it. But yeah, yeah, and like, so as we're fond of saying, personal finance is personal. So it really is important to think through your own personal goals and how investing fits into those. And most of the time, you'll realize that saving and investing more of your money is what's going to actually allow you to achieve those goals a whole lot sooner. But occasionally, you might have a more near-term goal, which means putting more of that money towards an expense and seeing it shrink or towards that business to making sure it gets off the ground rather than putting it towards an investment and seeing it grow. Matt, another example of that on the purchase side would be a house for your primary residence. That's that's an example. You know, you could you could take the twenty percent down payment and you could in, invest it and, and keep renting instead of buying a like sweet three two in a neighborhood near where you live. And sure, you're likely to see a better return on your investment. But there are some things that are worth spending money on, and you just need to know what those things are for you. There's a healthy balance to be struck when it comes to investing. We think investing's great, <laughs> but if you're foregoing those other important life goals that you have for yourself in order to just quote unquote invest more, it's possible that you might get to the point where you would be investing what could be considered an unhealthy amount for you. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, investing it's a really great thing. We don't want you to listen to this episode and realize or, th or to think that we're trying to steer you away from investing because truly we want all of our, our listeners out there to get to the point where they are investing decent chunks of their income on a regular basis, but not before you've asked yourself some of the important questions, right? And, and making sure that you've you know gone through some of those initial money gears. And while there are some great resources out there for buy and hold investors, it really does feel like all the headlines these days are highlighting short-term trades and risky investment options we do not want you to succumb to the, the noisiest folks and headlines out there. We want you to know your plan. We want you to write it down and then to stick to it. We want you to not only be an investor, but we want you to be an informed investor where you're knowing how and why it is that you're making the decisions that you make. And we hope that we've been able to steer you in that direction with this episode. No doubt. And if you're like, I don't know, I'm still feeling confused. I've got some specific questions. That's what we have our Ask HTM episodes for. Seriously, yeah. send in your investing question. We'd love to tackle your 
specific one on an upcoming show. It's really easy to do that. You can go to howtomoney.com and find the directions there. But Matt, let's get back to the beer that we had while we were talking about investing here and rethinking your approach to it. This one was Emergency Drinking Beer by Wild Heaven. It's a Pilsner from them. Yeah, what was your take on this beer? Well, we don't necessarily plan our beers out to go with our episodes, but it is worth mentioning that it it is called emergency drinking beer. And like we said during the episode, you want to make sure you've got that emergency fund before you invest. But let's actually, yeah, let's talk about the beer. <laughs> uh, it is hard to get past the uh, the branding of this beer. It is a, an all yellow can with just stark writing across the front of it. And it just says emergency drinking beer, sort of, you know, not unlike emergency drinking water in like a FEMA zone where there's a natural disaster uh, and everyone's having to to bring in water. And I agree that we should also have that when it comes to beer (laughs) because there are certain emergencies that just call for solid quality drinking beer. I will tweet at FEMA right away. (laughs) And, and make sure they're incorporating this into future disaster relief plans. You know what's really funny is I remember when they first came out with this beer, all of the water in the city where this where the brewery is went out. Like there was a, I don't know, like a pump outage. And anytime there is a pump outage like that, you know, you're not it's supposed like a to... boil water advisory? Yeah, you're not supposed to drink it because it's been exposed to air or something. I don't know how, how it works or whatever. But they had just released this beer uh, and they totally were able to dovetail that <laughs> natural disaster on a very small scale <laughs> with the release of this beer. But man, this is... I mean, it's a Pilsner style ale, and so it tastes like beer. Like, <laughs> like there's there's nothing really super unique about it. It tastes like, it, it tastes like your uncle smelled at Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's probably pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what were your thoughts on it, Joel? I mean, smelled like my uncle. I was being honest, but yeah, I would say it's it's chill, it's light, and it's kind of got like a just a light biscuity kind of flavor going on. A little on. bit of that breadiness. Yeah, just yep. a, just a little bit, but just eminently drinkable. If you're one of those people who's like, I like the old school <laughs> style of beers. I'm not really into I like beer from the '80s, all the hoppy, hazy, stouty, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And you're like, I just want a beer that tastes like beer. This is a good one for you to check out for sure. So, uh, all right, that's going to do it for this episode. For if you want the show notes for this episode, including links to anything that we mentioned, well, you can find those up on our website at howtomoney.com. And if you haven't yet already, make sure to rate and review our podcast over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. And a big thank you in advance, because that truly does help to get the word out and it allows other folks to find this podcast. All right, Joel, that's going to be it for this episode, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.